Something I want to quote to you to, uh, to begin our, our sermon comes from, from a poem. The poem starts out, O God, early in the morning I cry to you. Help me to pray and to concentrate my thoughts on you. I cannot do this alone. I like to pray to you and concentrate my thoughts on you. And this I cannot do on my own. Maybe this is a, a phrase, maybe this is a part of a prayer that you yourself have said many times. Where we know and we recognize that the very struggles that we have in life, that one of them is to even come to the Lord in prayer. I remember as a child, uh, and not having much interaction with the church at this point in my life, uh, my grandparents serving me lunch and, and saying, okay, now it's time to pray. Brad, would you pray for us? And me saying, I don't know how. Many times when I'm dealing with people, that is the exact phrase I hear back. I just don't know how. And so the beginning of this, this poem, O oh God, early in the morning I cry to you, help me to pray. Help me to concentrate my thoughts on you. I cannot do this alone. I think it strikes at the heart for many of us. Certainly there are many things about this day, many things about this upcoming week that, that we can reflect on and we can spend our time thinking about. And one of the struggles we will have is, is having to do our work and go about our normal daily routine while also considering the importance and the impact of this week. Certainly our work does not stop for us on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. And, and people still need to eat and we still need to take care of our families and, and check in on each other. But to stop for a moment and actually say those words, I, my cry to you, O Lord, in the morning, I need your help in prayer. I need you to concentrate my thoughts on you. I cannot do this alone. Maybe if that just goes through our minds several times this week, we will begin to understand really what today is about and what this week is about. This week and today is about the many gifts that we have received. And that the only way these gifts have come to us is through Jesus Christ Himself. By the actions that He has done this week for us. For His dying on the cross, for Him entering into Jerusalem. I don't know if any of you have ever been with children when people from out of town are visiting them. If you, if you ever have any family out of town and have children, you will know that one of the things that family does when they visit is they bring gifts. And it becomes a routine. And certainly children, though they may not um, abide by rules or remember certain things, they will remember that. <laughs> and so anytime the person from out of town comes in, for instance with nieces and nephews and we visit or, or someone else is visiting them, their expectation is that a gift has come. That they're about to receive something. And sooner or later, the hug disappears when they greet you to write to the question of, what did you bring me? <laughs> Sometimes even as adults, we get this way. Where when my parents come and visit, I expect at some point they're going to buy me dinner. <laughs> And it's shocking when they don't. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't help but think this, this very anticipation of a gift, that uh, something that had been promised uh, through thousands of years to the, to the people of God, is the very reason that they are out uh, lining the road to Jerusalem and singing praise. Their praise is very much attached to what gift they think they're about to receive. They're celebrating because they think here is uh, the Messiah's march on to Jerusalem. That maybe now finally their, their uh, chains will have been broken. The very thing that they have been praying for for a very long time is about to happen. What gift is he about to bring? I can't help but think that that's probably what was on the front of their mind as they were out there waving their palms in expectation of the Lord coming in. Certainly all of them were anticipating that their prayer had been heard. Like the prayers of the Israelites under persecution in Egypt. They know that maybe something is about to change. So they're out there waving their palm branches. What gift have you brought us? In in excitement. In expectation of what is about to happen. But the gift that comes is, is rather shocking. The gift that comes to them is, is money changers being thrown out of the temple. The gift that comes is is a teacher, a preacher who's a little different from the others, riding in on a donkey. The gift that comes to them is a supper. A supper that, frankly, they struggle to understand, and sometimes we still struggle to understand. A gift that comes to them is a prayer. A prayer that the Pastor Marcus referenced last week, a prayer that, that spans several chapters in John. A prayer that we call the high priestly prayer and covers everything. Even covers us. Whereas prayer is that that those people that were out there waving their branches and those people that will be gathering in their churches and doing foolish things like walking outside in the middle of worship only to come back inside that those people be unified, that they be one in the middle of all their divisions, in the middle of all their sins, in the middle of all their frustrations with each other, that they still be one. The gift that they received was was not necessarily just a victory prayed on Palm Sunday, but, but what actually turned into a funeral march because it ended with his death. And then the gift, the gift that we will be celebrating next Sunday, the gift of an empty tomb, the gift of a life. What gift did he bring to us? Certainly today, as as we think about how and why those people were waving their their branches and their palms and, and singing out praises to the Lord, We see that He has actually given them the gift of prayer and the gift of praise. That for all things, that in that week and in that day, they were given the reason that they were able to stand up and to shout and to praise. 
That as we began our worship service this morning, Pastor Marcus remarked that really this week is the center point. This is what it is about. So we meet together and we worship and we pray. That we raise up our palm branches to be like those that were celebrating a victory march coming in, but also like those who understand it to be a funeral march. And every morning this week, we begin with saying, I cry to you, O Lord, in the morning. I pray to you. I ask you to concentrate my thoughts on you because we cannot do this on our own. That the gift we have received this week and into every day of our life is the chance to pray to our God, to be heard by Him, to be assured that as we cry out in our afflictions, that when we cry out in our suffering, that when we cry out in our troubles, we will be heard. This is the gift that has been brought to us. This is the gift that you have received. But unlike those that were gathered there on that Sunday with their palm branches, and unlike children who are anxiously expecting a gift, and all they care about is the gift that is coming, we actually know what those children have forgotten. Why the gift has come. Who the gift actually is. You see, a gift itself, when it is not attached to anything, will will quickly fade. Certainly you know that in your own relationships that there are certain things that you do for someone or you give to somebody that has special meaning. It's not really the gift itself, but it was the love that, that, that drove you to give that gift. In your marriages, in your relationships with your children, how many times have you given something and you knew that that was a gift of love? That it meant more than what that actual gift was. I've seen it even here where we see uh, the little children being taken care of by other parishioners. Even today I saw it. Where that gift, that gift was something, but it was really what was behind the gift that meant something. Think of it in your own relationships. Think of it even as we gather here together as a people of God. That there are two points in our service where we do giving. The first is actually the giving of the peace. Where what we are actually sharing with one another is a gift. A gift of peace and love. There's a reason why we take such trouble to climb and clamor over each other to get into the aisle. To shake hands. Not to just say hello, but to actually grant and bless the person you're speaking with, with the peace of God. That's why we take time, not just, not just the one closest to you, because we don't just commune with the person who's closest to us. We commune with all that are here. And what I desire to give to each of them is the peace of the Lord. Why? Because we know where this gift comes from. Who brings this gift to us and why? Love. That what we saw marching in on that Palm Sunday was love itself. 
who we see and throwing over those tables in the temple is actually love. The person that we see taking bread and breaking it in front of his people, taking wine and handing it to them and saying, here, this is love. Going to the cross where we see love hang and die for us. And so we give. We give because we know love. And love has given us one of the greatest gifts that it can ever give. Not just eternal life, but a way to talk to Him. A way to bring Him all of our cares. When we see Jesus there during that week and praying, we see a man who's looking ahead and knowing exactly what he is about to go through. Knowing everything that he is going to suffer. And what is... First on his mind are those that are around him, those that will come after him, those who will call on his name. And so he prays for them. And our response is to pray with him as well. Martin Luther tells us that as we are going through this prayer there in John, what we see is the way we should be, bringing everything to the Lord in full confidence and fully knowing because what we have been given in prayer is a gift and it is a gift that is meant to be used. A gift that finds its source in love. A gift that allows us to bring everything we have to Him and hand it to Him and anxiously and patiently await for His response. That prayer that I started out this sermon with was actually written by a man who was going through that exact same thing. It's a prayer that was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the time between when the execution orders came through and when he would die. And even in that time, he knew the power of prayer. That the Lord even answers the prayers of those who are suffering, even those who they know are dying. The prison guard who was watching him as he walked away after having received those orders, watched him kneel down and pray and said, never before had he seen someone pray in such a way that he knew that person expected those prayers to be heard and answered. Same can be said of Jesus as he prayed there, knowing the execution order that was about to come down and the death that was about to approach. that those prayers are heard, those prayers would be answered. And so we gather here, we raise up our palm branches because we know the promise that has been given to us in this week. That we have been given a prayer to pray, that we've been taught how to do it by our Lord, and that we can be bold and confident in praying to Him, seeking His will, His direction, and even His intercession and intervention. So that we, as the people of promise, can continue on towards eternal life. So we raise our branches, not like the children waiting for a gift that just see the gift. Not like the people that were even there on Sunday that, that would eventually abandon the Lord as He hung on the cross. 
But we raise our palms as ones who see this week and know the promise that comes to us. That see is the opportunity to not just offer up praise, but offer up prayers. Prayers of hope. Prayers that the Lord will intervene in this world of ours. That he would put an end to moments of oppression and destruction. That he would unify this body of ours. That he would help those in desperate need. So as we sing Hosanna, let us sing with all our might. As we go through this week and we concentrate and we think of what the Lord has done, let us pray with passion. Passion that mimics the passion of our Lord in the gifts that he has brought us. Amen.